the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We always do. 754 here on the Blitz 1170. Bryce Hall's in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. Thanks once again to Ken McLeod from Golf Oklahoma for stopping by and being a part of that. You know, 25 bucks for four days at the Corn Ferry, and you get a part of that on at least one of those days. On Saturday, you get to hang out with Nicholas. I mean, even if all you're doing is sitting around when he's just giving tips, but imagine, I don't know who they're going to get in the quote-unquote celebrity thing. You know, Holcomb upstairs is a heck of a golfer. Might get John, some of those guys would be fun out there, some of the coaches locally, basketball and football. I, it, it, it seems to me, and maybe this is just, when it's completely anecdotal, but it does seem to me that basketball coaches tend to be better golfers. Maybe I'm wrong. And I'm sure Nick Saban would disagree, although he said the other day when he was talking about what he's doing now, he said, you know, I'm playing a lot of golf. And he said, that's not always good. <laughs> and I can see that being the case. It is 7.55. Let's talk all high school basketball. E.I. Brown from Booker T. is with us. The high school playoffs are getting underway, actually underway. And uh, you might say that Booker T. did all right last night. Eli, 102-56 to 56 over McAllister. Congratulations. That's a heck of a win. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tell me about that game. Say it again. I'm sorry. Tell me about that game. Well, it was a good game, and we played a really good game defensively. That really set the tone. And we just kind of took off from there. From the jump of the game, we really just kind of took off defensively. And our defense was led uh, by our top few guys. And we just really got after them, man. And it turned into our offense as well. Apparently at 102 to 56. Now, you move on, and you will play Claremore, who beats the Pulpa 70 to 50. What do you know about Claremore? Well, we played twice off. I believe we have lost Eli Brown. You, you, can you hear me? There we go. You're back. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. But, no, Coach Nolan at Claremore does a really good job with those kids, and they really play extremely hard and fast, kind of like we do. So it should be a fun game. I mean, we, we can't let our guard down. They're well coached, and they have shooters everywhere. So it's going to be a fun game. Now, when you win a game 102-56, to 56, and certainly going in, you know what the skill level is. Your players know what the skill level is of the other guys. But when you win a game like that, do you – I mean, I'm assuming you, you like the fact you're getting right back at it today because you don't want them to sit around and just think about that. How do you keep them from getting lackadaisical after an easy win? Uh, well, you just kind of keep challenging them and keep telling them to work hard and try to get after it and, and keep them understanding that the goal is still the goal and that we are still trying to win a state championship here. And so uh, this is another team that's in a way of us accomplishing that, so we got to take care of business. We're talking a little high school basketball here with Eli Brown. He's the Booker T. Washington head coach. They win last night 102-56 over McAllister. We'll take on Claremore today. Give me a little bit of your philosophy getting toward the playoffs. It is an absolute meat grinder in high school. You have to win so many games just to get there, and you got to keep everybody on the same level. you got to keep them up, but you got to keep them from getting too up. How in the world, Eli, do you approach it? You said challenge them, but on an everyday basis, it's a grind. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge grind for, for all these teams who are trying to accomplish the goal of winning the state championship. But when you win a big game and you understand that, you know, that's just the, the first one and you can't get too high on you got to move on. and you, you, you Playoffs are the playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs. So you got to stay level-headed and stay in the zone, so to speak. So we're, we really try to make sure our kids understand that this is just one game out of six or seven that we need to get get done and taken care of. And so – we have to move on. As soon as the game is over with in the playoffs, we just try to really move on to the next game and, and, and really talk a little bit about what we can clean up. But for the most part, it's time to move on because you don't have a lot of time to think about that past game. Yeah. And you know you're going to play teams that, again, you have more talent than initially. But you can't help but look around at, you know, some of the other schools, at the Holland Halls or the Memorials or whoever, who traditionally have been really good. Plus, of course, the other side of the state. Um, mm-hmm. is, is it hard to keep scouting and keep players and coaches, for that matter, focused on the next one when you have so much to do? Well, it is. It is uh, can be difficult at times to, especially the young kids. I mean, not having any seniors, you know, usually been through just about everything you're trying to take them through, or that they will go through, and so they can kind of help be leaders when you're not around and in huddles and on the floor where you need that senior leadership. You know, seniors just want to win, and you know, most of the other grades they just want to play, and so we have two juniors who have been through those state tournaments and 
lost it so they know what that feeling is. And we really count on Jamari Simpson and B.J. Harris to kind of lead that that team that of young guys. And so when you have a lot of talent like that, you try to use those experienced kids to say, hey, listen, no, we got a lot of talent. We can't overlook anybody. We know we are hunted. And so we know that we have to be poised and, and disciplined when we play these teams, especially like Claremore. I mean, they're, they're really good. They, they can beat you. And so you have to really come in knowing that this team has a lot of firepower and you can't overlook them no matter what happened in the regular season. And you got to get the job done. We're talking to Eli Brown, head coach over at Booker T. A couple more minutes here with him at 759. Bryce Hulse. Yeah, Coach, I was going to ask about Jamari Simpson. You know, you said he's just a junior, but he's having to take on, you know, kind of that leadership role. He's up for Mr. Outside at the Tulsa World. Just what, what has he meant to you and your team? Well, Jamari has played on the varsity team since uh, his freshman year coming in. He was on that team that lost in the semifinals to Edmund North and then on a team last year who lost again to Edmund North in the, in the quarterfinals. So he's meant a lot to us, especially this year. Um, in terms of our leadership, he's he's really, really stepped up his three-point shooting, so he's become a dual-threat player. He can get to the rim and finish over bigger players, or he can he can, he can can make shots. And so uh, he's been special to us, man. Defensively, he's getting it done. He's our charge leader, uh, taking charges in games. So he's just, he just does a lot for us, and we, we value him a lot. And he's, he's a huge piece to the puzzle for Booker T basketball. You know, Eli, if you're looking at what your team has to do well here in this playoff run, certainly you have to maintain, you know, an intensity. But what is it you really want game-wise, game-to-game, to make sure your guys clean up uh, to make this run, which is going to be so tough? Well, number one for us is rebounding, um, and then it falls down to communication and, and our discipline defensively. Uh, we we know we are athletic and fast, and, and, and sometimes we try to rely on that being young, and we have to really impress upon our kids that we, we, we have to learn to be disciplined defensively, meaning we may have to go out for 40 seconds at a time. We may have to – we can't go for every steal. We can't, we can't cheat the, the, the process when it comes to defending in the half court or defending in the full court. So defending and, re- and finishing those possessions with rebounds is key because we are smaller. And so those are two biggest keys defensively and offensively is just executing offense and understanding that we, we got to be able to make sure that we take care of the ball and, and get great shots. You know, we play fast, so sometimes we can take some poor shots at times, but at the same time we work on those things in practice. And so and, and at the end of the day, we have a saying about free throws. They don't win games. They only win the close ones. And so <laughs> free throws, again, is, is just really important for any team trying to compo- I mean, trying to complete a season and win a championship. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, hey, look, best to you because I know it's, it's fun. There's nothing like it. I, I love the, the, you know, the indoor you know, high school, college, basketball, playoff-type atmosphere. So I know that's a fun one, but at the time, same oh, time, yeah. there's travel and there's other things involved, and it's a grind, too. So hang in there, Coach. Good luck for you, and we hope that everybody on the east side continues <laughs> whipping the west side. <laughs> Go get them. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. You, you betcha. Eli Brown, Booker T. Washington head coach here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, it is a, it, it's a meat grinder. I mentioned uh, that score. They you know, big Booker T. beat McAllister 102-56. Claremore beats the Pulpa. That was a 70-50 to game. Bishop Kelly in a close one over Will Rogers, 55-49. Edison beat Grove. Boy, I feel bad for Grove. 63-28. Who? Mm. Holland Hall, and same, it's just like that. They're rolling Teddy's team. 73-29 over Pryor. So you, <laughs> you come over uh, to play that game and just get new. Coed and Tahlequah was good, though. Uh, that's 51-47. T- uh, Coed won that one. Memorial BD Central, 54-37. Just a few of those games in 6A basketball there as they continue at it. And, Bryce, you've done it. You've been there. You understand. That's not easy, man. It, it is tough this time of year. That's the thing. Like you said, I think meat grinder is the best <laughs> term to really use it just because it's it doesn't stop, right? Mm-mm. And uh so it's just a matter of just trying to keep yourself pushing forward. And you like it. I mean, you enjoy it. You want to be a part of it. And and the, they're kids, you know. So as a matter of fact, last night somebody asked Chet with the Thunder. They said, oh, so tell me, you know, what is it you guys, you know, were able to do so well, you know, coming off the break? And he goes, well, we got a break. And he said, but, you know, we're young. We have legs. We, you know, we can get up and down. And, you know, it's not easy for everybody. And so, you know, coming back with a lot of energy and all that after the All-Star breaks, yeah, it has a lot to do with the youth. And the same thing happens there. But, you know, those players can can push themselves and push themselves and, and go out and play as hard as they can. You realize day three, you're tired. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen it happen in college. I've seen the teams that play through a tournament and surprisingly get through three days and have to play that fourth, and it's there's nothing there. They're just yeah. it's you go out with all the excitement, you go out with all the pump, you'll go out doing everything. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this, and then you know you just run out. That's all there is to it. Not ever you, you can't have all the gas all the time. Yeah, and that's hard. Which is why I ask, and I think it's one of the more important things in all these is how do you keep a team peaked? Without peaking. And that's a magic sauce that if you had, we'd all be, well, the people who had it would be rich. Because it's it's hard to keep the, just, you know, the nature of of getting tired and just getting, you know, uh, winded so much throughout all these games. It's hard to keep that out, right? I mean, it's hard to it keep is. that out. It is, because you, what you're going to, what's going to happen to you is, you know, you're going to get excited and you're going to want to play well, and you will, and you're, you'll go out and you will, you know, you'll go a thousand miles an hour early on, mm-hmm. and then that, and then you get worn out. And you know, it was Vince Lombardi who said, "Fatigue makes cowards of us all." And uh, you know, you have to understand what he was saying, and I think you do when he says it. It, it does make it hard to play your best. There's no doubt. Yeah. So, but these guys are young and they get out there and enjoy it, and it's a lot of fun. It's eight oh five here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Uh, again, that was a lot of fun. Thanks to Eli for being with us. Also to Ken McLeod from Golf Oklahoma for being here. We're going to take our break early, but when we come back. I want to do a little bit more basketball because last night the Caitlin Clark effect was happening up uh, in Indiana, outside Assembly Hall, where for years Bobby Knight's teams loaded that place and they played legendary basketball. They had lines as big or bigger than they had in any of Bobby's old Big Ten days to see Caitlin Clark. Well, what did Indiana do with Iowa? <laughs> Tell you about that next right here on The Blitz. The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz 1170 home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the L.A. Clippers 129-107 last night. Shea Gilgis-Alexander scored 31 points. Lou Dort had 19, Jalen Williams with 18, and Chet Holmgren added 17. The win clinches the series against the Clippers for this season. The Thunder will host the Wizards tonight at 7. You can watch that game on News on 6 Now and Channel 6.3 Tulsa. In college softball, yesterday afternoon, the 6th-ranked OSU Cowgirls beat the 4th-ranked Washington Huskies 7-0. The Cowgirls followed it up later that night with a 6-1 win over USF. Next up is a 3.30 first pitch today against Yale. And the top-ranked OU Sooners will face 20th-ranked Mississippi State today in California. First pitch for that one is at 7.30. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We always do at 810 here on the Blitz 1170. That is Bryce Salson in the other room. I'm Rick Corey. Uh, we have had text this morning. Please continue at 918-262-5072. One, one of the questions we had, and you may laugh, is employers trying to draw employees back into the office because so many people wanted to work from home. They are actually turning now some to, <laughs> I can't say that laughing, they, they've come to uh, infusing sense into their offices. So I don't think they're talking about burning incense in a corner, but, you know, like adding it to like the, the forced air and that kind of thing. So there would be aromas running around right. the office. So what would get you to go in? And we had one, 918-262-5072, and this comes from uh, phone number 3235, and it says, simply, the smell of money. <laughs> and we're going to test Bryce cash. later and see if he can tell the difference between the smell of a one and, the, uh, and a 100. If I get it right, do I keep it? <laughs> see, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, well, first of all, I'd have to find a 100 because <laughs> I don't carry. As a matter of fact, you know what? If I were to look in my wallet, how much I have hmm. in here? Hang on. Do, 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 yeah, do, talk amongst yourselves. Do, all right, here we go. Look in here. What, Show do you, me the money. what do you spend on an average day? Like out, cash. Cash? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't use much cash. Um, I, I use enough to get bullied by my friends for using cash. <laughs> but I'd say, you mean they make fun of you? Yeah. They're right. like, geez, what are you, a drug dealer or something? It's like, okay, people <laughs> use cash still occasionally. Like, stop being so weird about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I have $6. Good and, enough for me. And on a, on a regular day... 
would have smelled like six dollars. So now so, I can yeah. now I can have it, right? You'd be able to tell the difference in the hundred though, because it would be the one that's crisp and less used. Uh, the yeah. one, see, it's not that the smell at that point. It would be more what the bill feels like, because that hundred <laughs> probably isn't used as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you're a Boston TV star, Jeremy Poplin, he's probably got hundreds, oh, yeah. right? Come I mean, on. he's running around with those. Mm-hmm. But the rest of us, you know, not quite as much. Anyway, um, peace. Uh. <laughs> he'll, he'll probably be in the window here for in, a, in a moment. Yeah. Uh, I just wondered what would get you there. Now, I mean, you know, if, if you walk in and get a really good smell of a burger or maybe a good chicken fry, I mean, mm. I'm there. I mean, yeah. I'm there like that. My wife makes this thing that is, uh, um, it's turkey sausage and rice, and it's kind of a, almost like a Cajun thing all mixed together, but the smell is just fantastic. I, mm. Those kinds of things, I, I'm, I'm going to freak you out here. I love the smell of cabbage. You get you wow. get really good like cabbage in a in an oven you know where it's nice and roasting mm. oh I love that smell I, that kind of stuff might get me and I just know the smell of money but that's one of the things we're asking here on our text board at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two we also had a Michael had pointed out that Philip Montgomery the former head coach at Tulsa and a guy who spent one year as the coordinator at Auburn offensive coordinator before he was asked to leave again <laughs> uh, has gotten a job as the co offensive coordinator for the Birmingham Stallions so he will mm. be in the US uh, UFL this year all right so I mentioned that uh, that we had uh, some basketball last night. Big, big basketball. It was Iowa and Caitlin Clark taking on Indiana. And the the crowd was nuts. They were lined up 10, 15 hours before that game to get in to see Caitlin Clark Yep. and to see Iowa. So how did that game go? Well... <laughs> Not really good for Iowa, was it? <laughs> Not as planned for them. No, no, no. It wasn't great for Iowa. As a matter of fact, uh, they got they didn't just get beat. They got blown out, completely blown out by Indiana. Now, I know Iowa, Caitlin Clark is such a story at this point. I don't know that anybody follows Iowa. They just follow Caitlin Clark. I mean, is that fair? That's fair. I mean, again, she's the biggest story for men's and women's this year. Oh, there's and oh, she, yeah, she tra- yeah. and she transcends just Iowa basketball. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does and you know and it's even gone to the point where you know we had Jay Williams who said, "You know, she's not great." And then uh. people jumped on board of that. As a matter of fact, you have a story that we'll follow up with that in a minute when when it happened again when he decided that he would double down on that and continue talking about it. Well, I'm sorry, we've already and, and we can do it again too, but uh, look, it, if if she's not great, then neither was Pistol Pete. If yeah. she's not great, neither was Marino, because the whole point was, well, she hadn't won a national championship yet. Mm. You know how many national championships there are and how many great players are all together? I think the word great's overused, but that kid's great. That young lady is great. She's she's really great at everything. Well, Indiana beat the <clears throat> out of Iowa last night. Now Iowa's twenty three and four. But right. Indiana wins eighty six to sixty nine last night. And when it comes to Caitlin Clark, yeah, she had a fine game. It was it was okay. She had um, she played thirty nine minutes. She had twenty four, ten rebounds, and nine assists. So she's really Almost close a to a triple double. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they just pounded her basketball team. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, you know, with all that's going on, and Indiana's twenty two and four. So those are both really good basketball teams. We know that. You wonder with all the attention like that if that starts to get to her at some point. I feel like it would have probably already happened by now just within the last two years especially considering i go back to their run last year and losing to angel reese and lsu Mm -hmm. in the national championship game last year and there was a lot of talking points about (laughs) a little rivalry there right with angel reese doing that you can't see me at her face and everything uh i i think that would have been one of the times for her to really let it all just kind of fall down on her and instead she went upwards angel reese went down and now caitlin clark is the face of college basketball right now so it's like I feel like that was a key moment where the the most adversity could have hit her uh, at, that, at that point. Is she a bigger name in college basketball than anybody in the men's game? Easily. Who would be close? Easily. I mean, when you look at some of the top guys for, I think right now you see maybe Zach Eady for Purdue mm-hmm. would probably be one that I think of that uh, – is close to that in terms of headlining the college basketball game. And, of course, still you're not getting probably, not that Kalen Clark is necessarily just a big-time personality, but Zach Eady is not really much of a glowing personality, That and, and especially with his game, yeah. um, it's not as exciting to watch. So in terms of marketability, 
you know, he's just a he's a pretty dominant college basketball player, obviously, but it's he's kind of a hard guy to market around. Whereas Caitlin Clark, again, even though she's not necessarily super Mrs. Personality, her game is very marketable that and that it's very exciting to watch. Well, and it's it's out front. I mean, it mm-hmm. it's never as and it's great. It, it's never yeah, it is. It's never as much fun to watch a guy from three feet. Now yeah. there's an art to it. We all get that. You know, we watched mm-hmm. in the old days, if you go back and watch film of Walton and watch him off the glass with that little jump hook or watch Kareem you know, even when he was at UCLA and he was Lou Alcindor with that little jump hook. I mean, some of those things you have to be you have to be appreciative of. But to your point, I mean, there's not a a well, you got you know, there's not a Paolo Banchero or Banchero this year. There's not a Zion right. this year. I mean, and the guys who are great, I would players, say she might be the biggest since Zion, one of the biggest since for Zion. individual names. I mean, her first name is a little unusual. Overall, I mean, it's not, but it's on a little. So Zion jumped out at you, Caitlin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can jump out on Helps you their as well. Two C's, right? Yeah. Caitlin Clark kind of rolls, but other than that, yeah, Caitlin's not much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but still, it's different. It's not yeah. Sue or something along those. Nothing wrong with Sue, by the way. But it's Sorry, just a Sue little Bird. bit different, and so it does that. You know, it kind of jumps at you. But I mean, who, I mean yeah, gosh, you think about I mean, the people at the top. You know, the Kansases have they have players. They all have a players, but nobody just jumps up there right now, and she does. So she might yeah. arguably be the biggest name in college basketball. I don't. I'd say so. I I don't know. I've I don't know that I'd go that far yet, because you know, anytime I watch, oh, say I watch Carolina, and you're watching, you know, Baycott. Yeah, Bernardo Baycott again is one of those guys who his game is really good, and he works his tail off. But he doesn't jump off a lot of pages. Now, if you watch him, you realize he wins games for his basketball team. But, again, he's not that flashy dude. Yeah, I think there just has to be a niche to your game, right? And that's the thing with Zion is he mm-hmm. was a NFL defensive end just jumping out of the gym and doing windmills. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just an Internet sensation throughout yeah. high school. Even when you look at a guy like Cade Cunningham yep. at OSU, you know, he was the biggest story in college basketball that year. But... He he was such a smooth player that he didn't really. It's unfortunate, but he just didn't really jump out in that he was not a flashy guy either. He was easily the best player in college basketball, uh, without a doubt, the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he got went out of high school that year, some people argue might have been the first round, uh, the top pick in the draft. But even he wasn't a guy that was super flashy. He was just really good at what he did. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of interesting how that happens. It, it doesn't is. mean just because you're great or you're the best, that it's necessarily going to happen for you just because of that. You know, Dickinson at Kansas, guys like that who falls in with yeah. Edie, they're, I mean, great players, and you recognize bigs, their man. names. Yeah, there are a lot of bigs that you'll get to. I mean, if you've got a name, text us at 918-262-5072. Who would you say is the face of basketball? If you don't agree with it being Caitlin Clark, and we're talking college, men's or women's, then who else would it be? By the way, we did get a text here from phone number 6027, and it's a picture of a cute little puppy standing there, and looking quizzically forward, like, the hell are you doing with somebody taking a picture, <laughs> wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey. And it says, our new puppy Crosby would like more hockey talk. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Love the name. Love the picture. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, you know what? We do... Uh, we need we do need to get with Andy at the Oilers because we have him once a month and we are getting toward that end of the month here. So we need to get with Andy of the Oilers and we're getting near, near in playoffs. Plus, we can flip that over to football because the Oilers football season will be here fairly soon and get into that too here on the Blitz. Named after Sidney Crosby, I assume the great I, penguin. Well, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you realize too. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you realize or not, but if you've ever been around the folks in Pittsburgh, uh, hockey. I mean, they love the Steelers and they're Pirates fans. But hockey's the thing. Okay. Uh, the Penguins are the thing. The console center, I'm not sure if it's still called that, because they sell those naming rights all the time. The console oh, center yeah. is a beautiful arena. It's a place where I got locked out trying to broadcast a game. <laughs> what, what game was that? It was a Talons. And the entire uh, first quarter was only, everything was set up. Everything was, you know, everything was set up. I was ready. I did those games alone on the radio, on the road most of the time. And when they, when they staff an arena like that for something like arena football or they staff say uh, at Philadelphia when the temple Tulsa plays there in football, they bring the skeleton. They bring the minimum people they have to have because they don't care. They're yeah. renting the stadium out and those are just workers, right? Well, the same thing had happened at console and they cared maybe even less. There was a person, a person who went through and unlocked doors in the press box, flipped on the lights. And that was the last you saw of anybody. <laughs> 
Yeah, there were there were not rosters there. There were not flip cards there. There was nothing else there. There was in each of the booths, which were fine, a, a small little cooler of a couple of waters, and okay. that was cool. I mean, it was nice. But I had to go to the bathroom before the game, and I left. And as I left, I reached back to unlock the door to make sure it was unlocked, and unfortunately, I locked it, and it swung shut. So I go back to get in the booth, and the booth's locked. Oh, goodness. Now, fortunately, I had left up the microphone and the headset sitting on the counter. So you could hear the PA and the crowd and all that stuff, but I couldn't get in. And my cell phone was in there. So <laughs> it keeps adding on. The entire first quarter, the entire first quarter, I'm trying to figure out how to get back in. And I can't reach the radio station <laughs> and I can't find anybody. And when I finally I go downstairs. I even tried to climb from the stands up in, and I just didn't have the room. There was no way I could I could make yeah. it work without falling and killing myself, which I contemplated doing at that moment. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Realizing, we'll see what happens. Oh, I mean, the sheer and ultimate panic yeah. of that, because it's the ultimate leaving of a job. Oh, I hated it. So I, I find one guy, and I said, I, I need to get in. He goes, I can't help you. And I said, but I just, I just need to get, keep to get on. It's not my job. Do you know anybody? <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, they'll be back up later. Can you please tell someone? He kinda he had the little radio hanging off his shoulders. Yeah, I mean I guess and try. You know, Bill says I can't get in a uh, press box up here. We unlocked the box. Yeah, we locked it at the door again. Well, that's his problem. They're having that conversation yeah. and I'm standing there sweating and all this. I finally got back in right at the end of the first quarter. Fortunately, our producer who was on the air doing what you do for us in football sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. You know if all H-E double toothpicks breaks loose and nothing's out there, do your best. <laughs> and that's what he did. He let mm -hmm. the PA guy describe the game. He ran the commercial breaks. And when I walked back in, away we went. Wow. It was horrible. It was, <laughs> it was, one, it was the worst quarter I've ever spent in my life at any broadcast. Oh, Lord God, it was hard. So I'm telling you, guys, make sure you unlock the bathroom or the door before you go to the toilet. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> wow. Sure. Uh, hey, look, we were just talking about Indiana, right? We were talking about Indiana basketball and talking about when Bobby Knight had him rolling. And yesterday when we uh, when EA Sports came out with the 600 bucks and all that kind of stuff, you know, and they started talking, too, about some of these players. And I saw a social media discussion, if you will. That began with EA Sports and the 600 bucks, and is that enough? Is it not enough? And it got into these guys are all spoiled, and these women are all spoiled, blah, blah, blah. Well, the two sides start fighting, of course. And then somebody put up a clip and said, imagine if today's players had to put up with this, and it's Bobby Knight. Ooh. So I have gone through and beeped this, and now I'm going to play it. <laughs> Sweet. This is, I mean, it's one of Bobby's that you'll probably recognize. If you recall when Bobby was trying all he could on his coach's show to be disappointed but not go over the edge about his team, and then he just can't because he's Bobby Knight. So imagine, if you will, today's players and this guy. The disappointment from this game for me uh, is the fact that we had a couple of players that just got uh, outscrapped, that, that just didn't. Uh, move to obtain and maintain position and in fact uh, on occasion just got moved right out of position and gave up uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of points I uh, you can feel it building feel that uh, we, we just haven't uh, I mean, I'm really disappointed in the, in the of course the okay. progress that we've made God this show take this Show and forget, forget. <laughs> you, you said building, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, I can kind of feel it." And then it just went off a cliff. It did. And what you don't, what you miss in the in the video is he kicks a chair out at the away from him, and then just starts, and then he rips, jumps up oh. and rips off the microphone, and now he's mad at the guy doing the coach's show. Now imagine. He went to practice. <laughs> right after that, he went to practice. How do you think? Now, there are players who still love to be coached hard. As a matter of fact, I heard, I think it was Avery Johnson said there are three kind of players. There are average players who want to be left alone. There are good players who want to be coached, and there are great players who want to know the truth. Mm -hmm. Well, when Bobby Knight goes to practice, they're going to hear his version of the truth. Do you think a guy like that could coach today?
I mean, I, I think that there are guys very similar who can coach like that today. Uh, I, I've always thought that it comes down to when it comes to uh, players today and how you're able to coach them, how hard you're able to be on them. To me, it comes down to an it factor type mm-hmm. situation. And I feel like guys who are close to him are guys like Tom Izzo at Michigan State who has had situations, you know, where he kind of boils over a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's still able to, he's had his issues. We've seen him post-game conferences about, you can't really coach kids like this today, and then yep. maybe I should change this, but he's been able to sustain that success at that level for, you know, the past few years now. Even guys like, I mean, sorry, Oklahoma State, but Brad Underwood, you know, at Illinois. I mean, he can be a real drill sergeant sometimes mm-hmm. and come off as a jerk, but his teams are good. <laughs> You know, he, he may, maybe he's a guy that has that it factor, whereas other coaches that kind of have that Bobby Knight feel to them, mm-hmm. I, I think that they put themselves in situations where the school will find a way to get rid of you sometimes. Because sometimes you'll see coaches where they'll all this dirt will come up to the surface <laughs> about the way they treat players and, oh, well, they said this or that. And it's like, you know, I think that there are coaches out there that aren't that far off, but they have an it factor about it and it works. And some coaches don't. So when it comes to Bobby Knight, I think that sometimes he says some things that I, I couldn't see some of the guys that I mentioned even going that far. Mm-hmm but I think it would just come down to an it factor situation. Well, I think even if you had it nowadays, because it's not just the player, it's the president, it's the chancellor, it's the NCAA, mm-hmm. it's public attitude. You yeah, know, because, all, those, all those eyes on you and yeah. kind of forcing uh, the AD's hand in some situations, well, the president's it, hand. There are things that, are, that won't be, it wouldn't be put up with that, w- that were in the past. And, and there are going to be people who are my age and older probably who will say, well, you know, in our day, uh, and, you know, uphill both, you know, both ways to school and four miles, no shoes in the snow. Uh, and, and we all know some of those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And for them, hey, that's the way you coach. That's, that's the guy right there. But it's not quite that way anymore. So for me, yeah, I think a guy like him would have a really difficult time. Now, you go yeah. to a guy like Lombardi, he was really hard on his players, but you didn't have that. I think he'd be fine. But mm-hmm. you would have to publicly be a whole lot different than that. Yeah, and I, well, I also think, too, one thing about Bobby Knight that's a little bit different is the way that he would treat, I mean, like media members and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, oh, I think yeah, that's yeah. one thing that's very different is yeah. I can compare here and there uh, – some of the situations, the way he acts around players mm-hmm. to some coaches today, uh, to a fault. But in terms of, I mean, there's been times where we laugh at it now, but like he's been downright abusive mm-hmm. to media members before. I wonder how far that would fly in this day. And well, day. I don't know that it matters a lot. I mean, I understand where you're going. Because in that. terms of going viral, mm-hmm. and again, the public outcry, not necessarily that media members are going to fight back or something. But. No, but if you do that consistently, then you're going to have, a, there will be a difference in the way people report on you. And I, I, you've mm-hmm. heard me say before, there are coaches that will hold it against you in postgame. That you have to ask the question, and I've done forty-two years of post games. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, there are going to be people who hold that against you. Wojcik was that way, and nothing against Doug. I got along with him right. most of the time, <laughs> but he would try to what we called Wojcik you, and he did it to me multiple times. I just don't care. Was that story? Was it when you guys played in Las Vegas? Yeah, and you were asking about something. He's like, yeah. "What do you think?" or something, well, and you're just oh, like, yeah. he said, "Well, what do you think the key was? You watched the game, didn't you?" There we go. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like, said, "Yes, sir, I did." But I, I think the play, the, uh, the the fans would rather hear from the head coach about what he thinks the problem was. Right. And, and doing you know, my I just, job, <laughs> I calmly go right on. And by and by the way, he actually apologized to me later. Oh. And Mike Bilbo was still our video guy at the time and was traveling with us. And Bil- we we're getting on the airplane later that day. And Bilbo goes, I've never heard him apologize to anybody. <laughs> I, well, I just don't well, care. I mean, he can do that to me. And I'm just going to keep asking questions. Right. It's going to be all right. And look, that doesn't make me special. I just have been around this. And that's what you do. Mm-hmm. For some younger people in that case, though, that can be tra- that can be traumatizing. I've seen guys mm-hmm. do that. Bob Donawal of Illinois State was one of those guys who Bob was, was a really good head coach. And he's another guy. Because I was doing basketball for Tulsa a couple of years, ninety, ninety one, ninety two in that range, uh, in the big in the uh, the old valley with J D Barnett, and J D was caustic, but I got along with him fine. But Donawal was a guy who could really could light you up. And when he was here at the NCAA tournament that year, which was his Illinois State team that was so good, Carl Malone and Willie Simmons from Tech, Stacy King from Oklahoma, that the Sooners mm. were there, and uh, the Bibby. Uh, the older Bibby from USC, they were all in the building. 
And some young reporter asked Donawal something, and he just laced him. Nice. I mean, just laced him. And I mean, the kid nearly started, and he was young. He just nearly started to cry nice. and walked out. So from that standpoint, yeah, if you do that kind of thing nowadays, that's everywhere. What it happened in the media room, nobody talked about it. Right. Right. So to your point, yes, I think that would be part of the problem. I think as much as the players, though, and the players are I mean, players change because times change. Or they're a little different. I admit that. But I think it would really be more the other stuff. But how do you not want to play a piece of Bobby Knight, right? That's the thing. It's it's entertaining no matter how you feel about him, right? It is. 832 on the Blitz 1170, and that's what we're here for, entertainment. Now, we hope you are being entertained. 918-262-5072 is your neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. You think Bobby Knight could coach today? You think Who do you think would and wouldn't put up with it? Parents? Oh, yeah, that's a whole different dude right there, too. 918-262-5072. More to come, including some really interesting notes we'll do here coming up on The Blitz. Your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is The Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be looking for a big bounce-back opportunity as they will host the Charlotte 49ers tomorrow night at the Reynolds Center. Tip-off is at 7, starting with a 6.30 pregame. You can listen to all of it over on Big Country 99.5. And what might be the last Bedlam basketball game will be here on the Blitz tomorrow afternoon as the Oklahoma State Cowboys will host OU and GIA. The pregame starts at 2 with a 3 o'clock tip-off here on the Blitz 1170. And the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the L.A. Clippers 129-107 last night. SGA scored 31 points. Lou Dort had 19. Jalen Williams had 18. And Chet Holmgren added 17. The win clinches the series against the Clippers this season. The Thunder will host the Wizards tonight at 7. You can watch that game on News on 6 Now and Channel 6.3 Tulsa. That's the window World Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Never love you have today, and we ask you continue to do that. 918-262-5072 on this Friday. That is Bryce Sulce in the other room. I'm Rick Corey. Got a text here that said, uh, Bobby Knight, Mike Leach, my heroes. <laughs> Different kind of people, I will say that. Um, both at Tech at the same time. Yeah, crazy? I know. Isn't that weird? Uh, and can you imagine if the two of them just got in a little room and sat and talked? If, if podcasts were a big deal back then, imagine having them like at Texas Tech, just having a podcast together like, wonder, in the off seasons, okay, maybe over the summers or something. How would they oh, interact? Goodness. I mean, Knight was a guy who clearly knew people's position. So, I mean, I think he respected mm-hmm. other coaches he saw as, as good as himself or as dedicated or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the people he didn't like, too. I mean, I get that yeah. because it is, it's personalities. But he also seemed to be a guy who appreciated greatness in others. And I, one of the most intriguing and, to me, heartwarming things about great performers in any sport is their appreciation of that. I'll never forget watching a 50th anniversary, I think it was, special on Secretariat winning the Triple Crown. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big horse racing fan, and I was a big fan of Secretariat. I mean, that, that was right in my wheelhouse of times when I was paying attention to about everything when it came to sports, and I still do now, obviously, but that was, you know, I was even before I was working. I was in sports in 82, and that was in the, late, in the early 70s. And I remember Nick, they were interviewing Nicholas, and he said, I was watching the, the Belmont at home. Right, so Secretary had already won the Kentucky Derby in the Preakness. He was watching the Belmont. And that's the one, that's the, you know, 30-whatever-two-length victory or whatever it was. Uh, and, I mean, that's just ridiculous, right? That's like winning the Indy by 500 by two laps with nobody wrecking, you know, that kind of thing. And he said, when Secretary turned for home, I started to cry. And you're thinking, why? And Nicholas said, all my life, I tried to play the perfect round. I tried to play perfect, and I was watching perfection. Now, mm. when somebody that good can appreciate something like that. You're brought to tears. Oh, absolutely. But because they appreciate so much the performance. Now, yeah. you know, Knight, I don't know if Knight was that guy or not, and I certainly think Leach would not have 
taken him as I mean, yeah, it's Bobby Knight, but you know Leach. I mean, I think it would have been. A, I think it'd be really interesting to see those two guys in the room and see where the conversation went. Oh my gosh, because Bobby Knight. I mean, he'd probably trying to he'd probably try to like get more into like the philosophy of coaching and maybe what what frustrates him here and there. And then mm-hmm. after about ten minutes, he'd be like asking Leach, why are you talking about the best Halloween candy or what the best hats are to wear at this time of year? You know, it would just completely trail off into something completely different because mm-hmm. that was just so Leach. He could just go on a tangent for literally anything you could ask him, and he wouldn't mm-hmm. even care. No. No, and Leach is a guy, I, I think I, most people probably know this, he never played football. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't. And he's a guy, I've told you this before, because, you know, we have Coach Spurrier on staff at Tulsa and Steve Jr., and he tells us stories about Coach all the time because he worked with him at Mississippi State. He was a guy who would tell you, don't ever talk to my quarterback about coverages. Don't ever say they were in cover two, cover four, whatever. He said, I don't want you to ever say that. Because he's supposed to just find a guy that's open and throw it to him. That was Leach's offense. <laughs> I mean, when he wasn't tossing his receivers' chairs away because he didn't think they deserved to sit down, that Gosh. was his offense. You know, Go out there, find the open guy, and throw it to him. There you go. I mean, we say all the time coaches make football more complicated or any sport more complicated. You can't break it down any better than that. Now, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to tell you you can't do it that way. And he didn't win a lot of titles. But he did. They did play entertaining offense. Yeah, that that was the thing about Leach was, and and just his tree. When you look at it, it is fascinating. As much as we love Leach, and just the the personality that comes with it, you know that oddball type of personality. Mm-hmm. In terms of his tree, when you look at Holgerson, mm-hmm. uh, Kingsbury, Lincoln Riley, I mean, it hasn't really uh, eclipsed a certain era. You know, you kind of stay at those Texas Techs and Mississippi States of the world and even when you look at lincoln riley who is able to break through a barrier of sorts um he hasn't really you know reached a, a next level in terms of being able to <laughs> no, uh, no, find, a, find, find a balance on both sides of the ball even when you have all these expectations probably the highest expectations that any leech disciple has had maybe besides cliff kingsbury just because he went to the nfl mm-hmm. is a little bit different but that that is one part that kind of hurts I, I feel like you but even, like it like it's his <clears throat> game is good to a fault yeah, it when you but to your yeah to your point, which is a good one, and it's the same thing. We said they're not winning titles. Those guys are are coaching and, and performing at high levels. Yeah, but yeah, you're not doing what Saban has done or what Nick has done. Uh, pardon me, what uh, Kirby has done or those guys. Yeah, because the game has evolved right with them. Oh yeah, I mean they have they have caused the game to evolve in that way. But uh, in in terms of being able to find a balance and find ways, because ever now everybody's caught up to that, mm-hmm. and finding a way to balance on both sides of the ball has always been an issue f- for guys like that. It, it has been, and then you, I've said before that you know as much as as entertaining as I like watching offensive football, defensive, really good defensive teams win titles, mm-hmm. at least more often. I mean, show me the last time somebody was the best offensive team and were poor defensively and they win a title. It happens, but it's not very often. Yeah. Georgia's teams were really good on defense. Alabama's teams were good on defense. The year Pete Carroll's team rang up Oklahoma, that was a really good defense. Yeah, they mm-hmm. scored a lot of points. They had Reggie Bush and Matt Leon, they had Liner and oh, guys gosh. like that, but that, that those are really good defenses too. And not everybody, I guess, understands that you gotta you gotta combine the two. You just yeah. you just have a passion. Look, I've been I've been around head coaches when I watch them recruit and I realize, and I think Mule Shoes this way, only what I know, only the guys I want, and I'm just going to ignore the rest of it, and that's going to cause problems. Like we had another Gretchen. text here from Gretchen that said, uh, the thing about Bobby Knight she loved is he was honest. He was just mm. an honest guy. And so, then, and that part is true. Now, you were listening to, you can say that, but it's also Bobby's honesty. So what, right. what Bobby thought and what he said wasn't always the truth. That was just Bobby's version of that. And mm. that, that honesty sometimes is not really honest. It's more just here's how I feel about it and I'm mad. And, and so I think, I think you have to be careful about that in this time, this day and time we live in as well. And that makes a difference too. So, uh, yeah, there are guys out there like that. You know, you'll see Calipari talk about his team in Kentucky right in front of his team <laughs> and say they're not very good. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've heard other, other coaches well, we just went through with that. Patino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was a similar situation. Just step right up there and say, you know what, we're just not very good. Yeah. We're I don't regret ath- taking this job. Yeah. I just don't like my team at yeah. all. <laughs> my team just stinks. We're not very athletic. We don't do this right. We can't cover anybody. He just told you the truth now you, you think mom georgetown that's a good that's a good start <laughs> but that's so sad man that is i, I mean still i say that again over and over again that is so sad yeah. how, how did you become georgetown when you know the, the quote bryce's quote was well hey you know they did beat georgetown <laughs> right <laughs> we stink but we're better than georgetown how did yeah. we how did you know oh, how did we get there right Put that on the court 
It, it, but it's, I mean, it's the nature of college basketball, and it also shows you too. That's a, not a big school. I know a guy who went to school there, and he was a play. He was a, he was a football player. He actually played with the talents. He was a backup quarterback. Really odd guy. Not because of Georgetown. He was just an odd guy. His entire goal in life was to be a consulate. Hmm. And and I said, but then why are you? You know, on a bus with us going to Shreveport. <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't being disrespectful. I yeah, missed like, it. Where did that avenue yeah, take right. you? I, I, I meant it, and he goes, "Well," and he he goes to this long explanation. He ended up going to South America and playing in a football league down there, and then staying and living there, and becoming involved in teaching and coaching for youth there who were picking up the game. Because okay. it was new and kind of different. Yeah. I, he was in Argentina. He was in several places. And he had, as far as I know, still has a career down there doing those things. But the, the, I asked him about Georgetown. He talked about how different it was and how, you know, really, you only went to Georgetown for a couple of things. You're going to work in government. Right. <laughs> and, you know, that's really one of them, or you're going to be an attorney. Yeah. Uh, and that's law. the only reason you did that, right? And he, he, had, plan, he had planned to do that. And then football kind of sidetracked him and away he went down to South America. So you can get in those conversations with people sometimes. But I guess Georgetown, because of the size of the school and how their focus is, maybe a little bit more like Rice, even though they had been at such a high level in basketball, you know, with with NIL and the other things happening there and being in the D.C. area, you know, you lose a traditional power in college basketball. As a matter of fact, I had a stat here. Let me get back to it. Here we go. And this is how quickly it happens. In March of 21... Georgetown won four straight Big East games in one week to win the Big East tournament. Since then, they have not won a total of four conference games. In their last 54, they are 3-51. and 51. So Patrick Ewing went on that little run to get, buy him some more time, and then now you have Ed Cooley from Providence, who was a good hire. Yes, but- he was. It's it's not so much flipping on a dime like we normally would see sometimes. Well, it's flipping the other way, but getting back a nickel. <laughs> exactly. That's only twenty one. That's only twenty twenty one. Yeah, and it, four in a week man. to win the title. They haven't won four since. Feels like a long time of that too. Eight fifty here on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Hall. So I'm Rick Corey. These are the kind of gems we pull out of our hat here in time to time. Got a couple of other fun set of facts we'll close up with. I've got one baseball fact. I bet you won't believe. We're gonna get to it coming up next here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Download the Blitz 1170 app now inside your cell phone provider's app store. You don't need a radio to listen to the Blitz. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. In college softball yesterday afternoon, the sixth-ranked OSU Cowgirls beat the fourth-ranked Washington Huskies 7-0. The Cowgirls followed it up later that night with a 6-1 win over USF. Next up is a 3.30 first pitch today against Yale. The top-ranked OU Sooners will face 20th-ranked Mississippi State today in California. First pitch for that one is at 7.30. And the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the LA Clippers 129-107 last night. SGA scored 31 points. Lou Dort had 19, Jalen Williams with 18, and Chet Holmgren had 17. The win clinches the series against the Clippers this year. The Thunder will host the Wizards tonight at 7. You can watch that game on News on 6 Now and Channel 6.3 Tulsa. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, Lubitz 1170, and streaming on the Lubitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We always want to hear from you. As a matter of fact, we've heard from a lot of people on our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line today at 918-262-5072. We have a puppy who wants more hockey. We have someone who wants the smell of money in the house. We had somebody remind us about Coach Philip Montgomery getting a job yesterday. He is the uh, coach co-offensive coordinator for the Birmingham Stallions. His co-coordinator is Skip Holtz, the head coach down there. Of course, they coached against each other in college. Uh, and then uh, Steve had been with us earlier this morning about some of the fun and interesting things happening in our world of sports. And then we also had heard uh, from someone who says, you know, Bobby Knight's the best. I wish Bobby Knight and Mike Leach um, were back. And actually said, you know, I wish Bobby Knight had played against Billy Tubbs. Well, I'm sure they, you know, I'm saying I'm sure they probably did. I should know that, but I don't. Sorry. Uh, Bryce can look it up. All right, so I said as we close out, i got a couple of really interesting notes here. Listen to this. This is going to kind of blow your mind if you're a baseball fan. Madison Bumgarner, you know who that is, right? Madison Bumgarner had more grand slams than Prince Fielder, who had more inside-the-park home runs than Ricky Henderson, 
who had fewer steals of home than Babe Ruth, who had as many shutouts as Pedro Martinez. I, I think Prince Fielder having more inside the park home runs than Ricky Henderson just made my brain control alt delete itself. Like, <laughs> I think I just kind of lost it after that. that. That's pretty crazy. Is that is that not remarkable? That's one of those things in sports that you see and read, and you're like, wait a minute, and you start looking around. Hey, oh, amazing. Prince Fielder, Prince Fielder once tried to catch a foul ball in the stands, leaned over a fan, and took a nacho mm-hmm. out, of, out of their bowl. Okay, just, isn't, he the, isn't he the same guy that slid in a second with a hot dog in his back pocket? <laughs> I don't know for sure, but that doesn't sound surprising. I think it was him. It might not have been. It might have been another guy who kind of built like him, and there weren't that many. But there was a famous story about, and I think it was Prince, who was just sitting, I mean, he wasn't playing that day, and he was just having a hot dog in the dugout, and they yelled at him to go pinch it, and he stuck it in his back pocket and then slid into second. It was a Detroit Tiger, but it, it was wasn't back, him. It, but it was Cecil Fielder. The, uh, Gates Brown. Gates Brown. It was, right. it was back in the 60s. Right. Yeah. Detroit Tigers outfielder Gates Brown secretly stashed two hot dogs mm-hmm. in his jersey for a dugout snack, then yep. slid into second base and yep. got mustard all over his. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, All right, so I was wrong about Prince Fielder. Or, or, but anyway, it did happen. I knew it did happen. But it, that, that it, stat is one of those that what you just go, and, oh, yeah. And the way it, it crosses over. That's the one thing that's really fun about baseball, though. My wife will say to me all the time, and she's a huge football and basketball fan. She likes baseball, but she likes to be in the stadium. She doesn't follow it as closely. Uh, but she always, you know, she, is amazed by the numbers in baseball and some of the things you can kind of work your way around. You know, they'll have they'll have a left-hander on grass during the day and a left-hander on grass at night. And, you know, if the temperature's below 60 and above 60 and all those kinds of things, it just kind of blows her mind. Mm-hmm. All right, as we uh, run down toward conference basketball time, I thought this was another really interesting. I mentioned yesterday, well, Wednesday, I think it was, that Cincinnati was top 40 in Ken Palm's, you know, 40 power 40, and that right. that was really important versus a team that Oklahoma State beat, really good for Oklahoma State, right? This is an interesting stat. So since 2001, 95.5% of the national champions had a top 21 Ken Palm offense pre-tournament. Offense pre-tournament. Okay. 95.5%. 90.9, so 91% of national champions since 2001 have had a top 31 Ken Palm defense pre-tournament. Okay, what teams fit that mold? Uh, I'll go with last year's UConn as one of them. I mean right now. Oh, fit that mold mm-hmm. now. Oh, gosh. Uh, and In terms of... So like, your top 21 pre-tournament yeah. offense... Your top thirty-one pre-tournament defense. Purdue. Yes, that's Purdue's one. One. Uh, UConn this year. Yep. Um, Marquette. They are not. Uh, uh, I got like five seconds. Um, Houston. Houston, Tennessee, Arizona, Duke, Carolina, and Creighton. Oh yeah. You know that what? That should be surprising. Let's do something like get everybody a little time off. What do you think? Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday right here on The Blitz.